world is noisy, God Whispers, the podcast, is a production of Journeys Revealed Ministries. Glorify the Lord by your life. To learn more about this Catholic nonprofit apostolate, visit the website journeysrevealed.com. And now on with this month's show. Isaiah 6, Galatians 6, a couple reflections from my first book, a thought from my daily devotional, and a poem from St. John of the Cross, one of my favorite saints. This is what I all have in store for you today. It seems like a lot. My desk right now, um, where I'm recording this podcast today, looks like a hot mess because I have everything (laughs) scattered all over the place. Um, And I got to tell you something, normally the the more resources I have, this is something I've noticed. I'm sharing with you something. We might as well just share since we're just getting started here. Why not just open up with a doozy? The more resources I have, the more nervous I am. There you go. Now you know. If I go to present or I have a talk and I have a million things spread out in front of me, you can know that I'm most nervous about whatever it is that I'm about to share with you. That is the truth today. This topic today is something that is Uh, like the depths of my heart and the depths of my longing and I think because it's it's um it's so it's so deep and it's so much true to who I am and the longing behind everything that I'm doing here or striving to do here for the Lord I think it's making it more it, it means like I'm I'm really exposing the depths of my vulnerability right I'm really allowing myself to really let you in and I'm I'm a little nervous about that but this is what I told myself before I came on the show with you today I said, you know what though, Julia, this is the pep talk I was giving myself. These listeners of this podcast, these people who are following, they're really, really, really good listeners. They don't ever interrupt. They don't ever give you like mean looks as you're talking. Um, And so just roll with it and just let them have it and let them listen. And honestly, folks, I know that sounds ridiculous, but that was a conversation I was having with myself before recording this and uh, getting ready to share this this thought with you, these ponderings with you today. And with that being said, um, you know, a lot of times when I I have a podcast or we're talking about something, you know, my focus is on, um, you know, sharing something with you that has really been helpful to me in my own life of prayer and my own walk with the Lord in the hopes that maybe you can, maybe the, the Lord will inspire you through something, something, give you something that you can ponder in your own life. I'm not sure how much of what I'm sharing with you today is meant for you. To be honest with you, out of all the episodes I've ever recorded, this one seems to have um, the most selfish intentions. And I don't, again, I, I don't really think it's coming from a place of selfishness, but I really, I need to just I need to say these things out loud and I need somebody who can listen. And (laughs) I know this seems crazy because this is a podcast that's potentially has the potential to be shared with whoever, but I just need a good listener. And I trust that you guys are good listeners. You prove it to me. You're the best listeners. You, like I said, you never interrupt. You never give me mean death stares. Um, you never ask like really super difficult questions when I'm in the middle of a thought. So anyway, I got, I got something to share with you today. And we're going to touch on all those different things I mentioned at the beginning. Isaiah chapter six, Galatians chapter six, a couple reflections from my first book, a thought from my daily devotional and a poem from St. John of the Cross. So Let's just go. Let's do this. Let's begin with, um, by putting ourselves in the presence of God, let's begin with Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to read, um, not the whole chapter, we'll stop, uh, what verse? Stop at verse 9. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. 
Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go, and say this to the people. And then Isaiah goes on quoting what the Lord had instructed him to say. Some main themes I want to highlight in this, though. First, we have Isaiah, right, who has this vision, who hears the seraphs saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, right? This should sound familiar to you. We echo this. We join in this praise in the holy sacrifice of the mass. And then, of course, Isaiah is humbled because of this reality and comes to this realization of woe is me, I, I realizing I'm just a man, right? I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and yet my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Here I am. And so the seraph comes to him. Again, I'm kind of just paraphrasing this, holding the live coal that had been taken from the altar, this heavenly altar, with a pair of tongs, and touched his mouth with it, and said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, your sin is blotted out. So in this, he finds courage and peace, the strength, right? And then he hears the Lord's invitation. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then, of course, Isaiah, in his humility and yet in this confidence, right? Seeing what he was seeing, being brought to his knees in, in humility, saying, Woe is me. And yet um, receiving this confidence, receiving this, this, this mission from the seraph, from the altar himself, from the altar itself, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? He responds, Here am I. Send me. Whoa, so powerful, right? And how much, how many of us can relate to that? I know I can relate. We're going to, that's what we're going to dissect today. I can absolutely relate to this, like falling on your knees in humility, realizing God is God and I am not. And I, I can't do this, Lord. I know this needs to be done. There's a longing in my heart. I want to help, but who am I to help? Like, woe is me. And yet then the Lord builds you up. He heals you. He removes your guilt. He encourages you. He strengthens you. He surrounds you with everything you need in order to go out and do it. And then he asks you the question whom shall I send who will go for us who will fight for me who will go out who will who will help with this mission of bringing all souls here around the heavenly altar and then how do you say no so what prompted this podcast right you know I really like 
as the month, every month comes to an end, I really begin praying. Okay, there's a, I got to record a podcast here soon. Like what's the thing going on in my life? What might the Lord want me to share with those on the podcast this episode? And so a couple weeks ago, you know, like usual, that prayer began. And I had a conversation with somebody. I met somebody for the first time last Friday. I'm recording this on Wednesday, August 31st, because, you know, that's how I normally roll. I want to post this on the first, so <laughs> I get it done the uh, the day before. Anyway, I had a meeting with somebody um, for the first time last Friday. What a beautiful soul. Just beautiful. Just a blessed encounter, blessed meeting. And um, just in awe at, you know, how the Lord is at work in her own life, in my own life, and just even uniting us and bringing us together and connecting us. Um, but anyway, she, as we were sharing stories and talking about um, our work for the Lord and, and our service to Him, um, she asked me a question that really stopped me in my tracks and got me thinking. And that has then been what I pondered all weekend as I was preparing to be here with you today. She said, uh, or actually, I guess it wasn't a question, it was a comment, you know, how she commented on my bravery, how brave I am, right? How brave I am to do this work for the Lord, to be so vulnerable um, in sharing my my story and sharing my journals, you know, publishing my journals. Who does that? That's so brave of you, blah, blah, blah. Very nice things, very nice things. Um, but I was taken aback by that word bravery. And I looked at her and I looked up, I have a, you know, a huge crucifix hanging in my office. And I looked up to her and I looked up at the crucifix and I said, I, you know, I understand that that's what it looks like, bravery, you know, but I assure you I am anything but. <laughs> I have taken every step along this path of sharing my, my story, of making myself vulnerable, of publishing my journals, of, of allowing, you know, forming this apostolate to encourage others to do the same, um, the risks that have been involved with doing that um, and, and growing the family and growing the team. I have taken every single step every single one, even the teeniest, tiniest, tiniest of them in great fear and trepidation and most of the time bombarded with doubt and insecurities. And yet, how can I refuse him? I said, I, I told her, I said, it's like the bridegroom as I staring at the crucifix hanging in my office. It's like the bridegroom is standing at the door and he's saying, follow me. And I love him so much. It's like, I'm foolishly in love with him. How do I tell him no? Trust me, my friends, if there was a way I could have told him no at any point in this journey, I would have told him no, because this has killed me in more ways than one as I sit here being brought to tears. But I don't, I, I don't know how to refuse him whom my heart is so in love with. And so that's the theme of this episode today. It's simply this, my why. Why am I doing this? And I told you in the beginning I think this one is more so for me than it is for you. I need to say these things out loud and I just need someone to listen. So thank you for being that someone who is listening. What is my why? Why am I doing this? I assure you I am not doing this because I want to be a best-selling author. I assure you I am not doing this because I want to have a million people listening to this podcast or a million people subscribe to my blog. In fact, let me tell you a little something about me. This year, as I've been sharing with people following my blog, the reflections from my next book, which will be published sometime next year, which really intensifies from my first book. My, my, my own soul intensifies in its life of prayer. My vocabulary and how I'm expressing what's going on in my soul intensifies. It's just, it, it's more intense than my first book. I don't mean that it's better. It's just, it's an intensified version. Um, but as I'm sharing that, which again is me being even more vulnerable than what I was in the first one, guess what's happening on my blog? 
I know maybe you're thinking, oh, more and more people are drawn to it and subscribing. And I want to tell you, no, that's not what is happening. More and more people are unsubscribing. In fact, every time I log in to like upload the new post or to review it before it sends out. And by the way, I don't go searching for this. If this is something you're doing in your own life, podcasting or blog, I actually don't encourage you to watch the stats very closely because it can be very depressing and lead you to despair. And for that reason, I don't watch the stats. But when I log into the um, to the page that I use to send the blogs out, by default, that's what shows up. I can't, I don't go there. They want you to see your most recent stats. And so it stares you in the face. And so I can't not see it sometimes when I log in. And so I can see week after week, one person unsubscribed, two people, three people unsubscribed. And you know, I've noticed this in the past with blog posts, the more quote unquote Catholic I am in my blogs, the meaning the more I talk about the Eucharist, the more I talk about adoration, the more I talk about devotion to saints or saints intercessions, the the more I talk about reconciliation, um, the sacrament of reconciliation, the more I lose people. Um, And you could say, well, that's you know, if this was the reason I was doing this to be a best-selling author, to have a lot of people subscribe to my blog or read my books or listen to my podcast, then that would crush me, would it not? It would. And yet, as I've been seeing that happening this year, and it is happening, as I've been seeing that happening this year, something inside me gets really, really excited (laughs) for multiple reasons. One, the dream of all of it is all of you would just unsubscribe and stop following me and stop reading things that I'm writing and stop listening to my podcast and everybody would just abandon me and then I could just spend the rest of my life in prayer and penance nestled up to my beloved and just holding the whole world in prayer and silence and penance and never ever leaving my uh, my inner room you know where I'm where I'm with him praying that's like the dream of mine. <laughs> so the more I see people unsubscribe, the more I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can the rest of you just do that too? Because then I can just devote my life to prayer and penance and silence, more and more silence. Um, but again, I have I have some good holy people who are directing me and guiding me and keeping me accountable to what the Lord is asking me to do here. And so I don't foresee that being a reality that's going to be what that Lord is asking of me to do anytime soon. So we continue, right? We continue. And yet, um, though I... I pray for the people who are unsubscribing. The only reason I am doing this to begin with is to share what, you know, the Lord is putting on my heart to share. Um, and so I recognize that people are going to walk away. People walked away from the Lord. Go back and read um, the Bread of Life discourse, right? That's in John 6, correct? Am I correct on that? Yeah, go back and read that. Read that. When the Lord intensifies this call to follow him, when he, like people are following him, he has this magnetic, right? He's, he's, he can't stop people. He's healing people. People want to hear what he has to say. He has this message that's, that's so paradoxical, right? It's such a paradox. Like he's saying these things, uh, you know, suffering and cross and blessed are the meek and blessed are the poor. And it doesn't make sense. And yet my heart is drawn to him. He's healing. I, I want him. And then he intensifies his message and what happens go back and read the bread of life discourse when he says i am the bread of life unless you eat this bread and drink this blood you have no life within you go back and read that what happens people abandon him people say this is too hard i can't follow this you know you had me up until here if you would have kept the message simple and just kept giving us all the good things and you know not intensified it then maybe people would have stayed and you know what maybe his disciples were questioning him oh you know if the point is to like draw all people to you you just notice people walked away right lord right and yet he doesn't ease up on the fire that is burning in his heart in fact he intensifies it more and more and more and so in a very real way this is happening in my own life and I'm experiencing it. But praise be Jesus Christ that that's the reality. 
but because of that, because it's so easy, let me get back to the why of this episode, because it's so easy to get lost in the details, to get lost in the externals, to say, well, my mission here is just about the podcasts and the books and the blogs, right? That's all, that's what I'm here to do, right? So it's all about make sure the book is perfect, make sure it sells and never stops selling, make sure the podcasts are always being listened to and are getting to more and more groups of people, make sure, you know, there's there's one event, speaking event after the next, after the next, after the next, make sure, you know, the blogs are, are just being bombarded with new subscribers every day. Like, if that, it's easy to get consumed with that must be the why, but my friends, that is not my why. It hasn't been from the very beginning, and it is certainly not my why now. And this is why I'm coming to you, because again, I need to say this out loud. It's easy to get lost. The busier life gets, the more we do for the Lord, the more he calls us into, the more he asks us to follow him, the more um, we're tempted to get lost in the externals. And so I need to take a second to step back and to remind myself of my true why. And again, I thank you for listening to me as I do that, as I remind myself what my why is. Okay, so we begin with Isaiah. We began with his own call. We began with him falling to his knees and saying, woe is me, I can't do this. And then his own conversion, his own growth in humility and confidence in the Lord. And then that question, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. There's a hymn, um, popular Catholic hymn, I'm sure you've heard of it, Here I Am, Lord. It's based on this text in Isaiah. And one of the verses in this hymn, Here I Am, Lord, if you're not familiar with it, Google it and look it up, is um, the Lord the Lord calling out to his people, right? I, the Lord of snow and rain, I have borne my people's pain. I have wept for love of them. They turn away. I will break their hearts of stone, give them hearts for love alone. I will speak my word to them, whom shall I send? This idea of, I have wept for love of them, and they turn away. This is my why. (laughs) This is the longing in my heart, because that was me. Here I am, a daughter of the church from my birth, blessed with everything I could ever need to follow him faithfully from the time of my birth, born into this loving family who who brings me into this church, who surrounds me with everything I need and then some, and yet I turned away. And there he was weeping for love of me. And he sent people into my life to break my heart of stone, which I assure you was the hardest of all hearts of stone that there was to break. And since falling in love with him and and giving my life over to him and and healing and being reconciled and all that goes into the life of conversion and greater conversion and growth in him and your life of prayer, I've fallen more and more in love with him. And this has become the longing on my heart to be an instrument in his hands, to allow him to use me to, to show others, to point others to him, to help others love him. To help this wound that's in his own heart, that's broken, right? Because he loves us so much and so many, many of us turn away from that love. So to be used as his instrument too, to help break some hearts of stone. And again, in whatever ways, I, I don't need to tell the Lord how he wants to do this. I'm just telling you this is the longing that's in my heart. 
I told you one of the things I was going to bring up was a reflection from my my daily devotional. Number 275 in the second edition, which was released of this devotional, which was released the last year. It says, why? Because I love him. And then I leave you with a question. What's your why? Why are you doing the things that you're doing for the Lord? Why are you striving to fulfill the duties of your state in life faithfully? Why are you striving to be a good wife, a good mother, a good grandmother, a good father, a good son, a good daughter, a good citizen, right? Why? Why? What's your why? I can tell you what my why is. I love him. I'm foolishly in love with him. So much so, like I said, it's taken me to the cross and kept me there pretty firmly. Even the silliest thing, recording this episode with you, and you guys are so loving and supportive that I don't know why I have been so fearful to to do this in front of you today. But anyway, even doing something as silly as this is reminding me of my why. I love him. My bridegroom is, I'm not brave. (laughs) I'm taking every step in fear and trepidation. My bridegroom is simply standing at the door and he's saying, follow me. How, How can I tell him no? If you come up with a way that I can in good conscience tell him no, please let me know because I'll take you up on it. I assure you my prayer has turned up nothing, no reason that I can refuse him. He gives me everything I need and then some. He surrounds me with people I need when I need them, the resources I need when I need them. And he says, continue, take the next step. So there's my why, because I love him. I also promised to share with you today a a poem of St. John of the Cross, one of my favorite saints, if not my favorite saint. The more I read John of the Cross, the more I realize what a daughter of his I am. You know, oh my, oh my gosh. You know, like a daughter in Carmel, he's, we look to him as the father of the reformed order. And so I look to him as a father myself, as a Carmelite. um, And I just am falling more and more in love with him and in my devotion to him every day and just realizing how, how deeply he speaks to my soul, even though I, you know, can't, can't claim to understand everything he's saying. Who can, by the way, sheesh. But anyway, this poem he has, It's um, listed as number seven in his collected works, which you can get from ICS Publications, which is the um, translation I would recommend. Um, But anyway, it's poem number seven, stanzas applied spiritually to Christ and the soul. It reads, a lone young shepherd lived in pain, withdrawn from pleasure and contentment, his thoughts fixed on a shepherd girl, his heart an open wound with love. He weeps but not from the wound of love. There is no pain in such affliction, even though the heart is pierced. He weeps in knowing he's been forgotten. That one thought, his shining one, has forgotten him, is such great pain that he bows to brutal handling in a foreign land, his heart an open wound with love. (sighs) Sorry. The shepherd says, I pity the one who draws herself back from my love and does not seek the joy of my presence. Though my heart is an open wound with love for her. After a long time, he climbed a tree and spread his shining arms and hung by them and died. His heart an open wound with love. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Again, I remind you, this is for me (laughs) more so than for you. I need to say this out loud. That's my why. I have come to know how much 
I'm deeply loved by this man who came here to die for me. And how much he longs not just for my love, but for yours too. How much um, his heart is this open wound of love. And not from the wound itself, but in knowing that he's been forgotten. And so that's my why. Why am I doing this? It's not to be a bestseller. In fact, as I was, as I'm preparing my next book with you, (laughs) again, I give myself these goofy little pep talks to like keep taking the next step. And one of the goofy little pep talks I was giving myself this summer as I was working through it was that, you know what? I can finish this. I can even print the book, but that doesn't mean anyone's going to read it. So maybe no one's going to read it. I'm just going to tell myself that no one's actually going to read it. And if I tell myself no one's actually going to read it, then I've done everything that the Lord's asked me to do. I put the book in print and I've done it, but I can't make people read it. And so I'm just, that's my, I'm just going to tell myself that no one's actually going to read it. And that's what I needed for a couple months in order to keep taking the next step. <laughs> so my why is not to be a best-selling author. My why is not to have people subscribe to my blog. Nothing makes me happier than to see somebody go unsubscribe or to see someone um, not buy my book. You, you guys, nothing gives me greater joy. <laughs> So that's not my why, but this is my why. (laughs) This shepherd who died for us, our savior who was crucified and bled for us, loves us and we have forgotten him. We've forgotten him. We've forgotten what that means. We've walked away. My why is to continue to grow in my love for him and maybe God willing, the fire that's burning in my heart will shine so brightly that it'll catch somebody else on fire, you know, in some way that's beyond, of course, my own abilities. This is my why. Two reflections from my book. I also promised you that. So this is my first book, um, The World is Noisy, God Whispers, Volume 1. The first is reflection number 170. I'm just going to read it. It's called Daddy's Little Helper. God is my father, my friend, my everything. My heart burns with love for him. So my heart aches when I notice others distancing themselves from him. That's why as I sat in prayer thinking about all the people in the world choosing to walk away from him, I cried out in a panic, what are they doing, Lord? Where are they going? Don't they know the answers aren't out there? Don't they know they're going the wrong way? I had no idea what God had in store for me next. Fear not, I quote unquote, heard him call out in the stillness of my heart. They will return. Yes, I will break their hearts of stone and give them hearts made only for love. That, my child, is where you come in. Yes, that is what you are here for. Go, tell them about me. Share with them what's in your heart. Oh Lord, I replied, I really do want people to know you and I really do want them to love you, but why me? Why do I have to be the one to tell them? Why don't you just make yourself known? Why don't you just remind them who you are all by yourself? After all, you are more than capable of doing this without my help. My child, listen to what it is you just asked me. I could, quote unquote, hear him respond, gently redirecting me. Why don't I just make myself known? Why don't I just remind them who I am all by myself? That is what I'm doing. What do you think I'm doing through you? These people aren't waiting on me to reveal these truths to them, he continued. They're waiting on you. 
They're waiting on the message I will send to them through you. Do not be afraid of your mission. I made you for this and will only ask you to do things that you are more than capable of doing. You will not fail, my child. In fact, you cannot fail because I am with you always. Besides, he concluded, when have you ever not finished something that you've started? With that, any and all fear I had subsided. With that, any and all doubt I had disappeared. I then found myself pleading, let me help you, Lord, please. Let me help you. I can help. I want to help. In fact, there is nothing I want to do more. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that's a prayer he'll have no problem answering. This reflection ends with the prayer that reads, I want to help you share the good news, Lord. I want to let you use me as your instrument to break down stony hearts. So please, Lord, use me. Make me my daddy's little helper. I love you. I thank you. I praise you. And the read, think, pray in that reflection is from Isaiah 6, Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah's response to the Lord who asks the question, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah responding, here I am, send me. Is not that reflection like an echo? I mean, I didn't realize that when I was writing it until I went and put the scripture in afterwards, but how much it was echoing Isaiah's own, you know, uh, change of heart there, like humbling himself before his knees or on his knees saying, woe is me, I can't do this. The Lord, you know, redirecting him, gently calling him out, filling him with some humble confidence and then saying, okay, now will you go? And so I ended that reflection with like this eager, like, okay, Lord, yeah, send me, right? Okay, I'm ready. I'm all ready. I'm ready. By the way, I wrote both of these reflections back in 2015. Um, I wrote them on the same day, actually. If I recall right, I wrote one in the morning That is what happened. I wrote one in the morning on this January 20th, 2015. I went through my day. And then at the end of the day, I wrote this next one, which I'll read to you now. So remember, I have this time in prayer, the Lord, this woe is me moment. And yet the Lord, you know, filled me with peace and confidence. Okay, send me. I want to go. I want to help. Lord, send me. I want to help. Okay, I love you. And I, I, I want people to love you too. So send me. Do whatever you want me to do for you. Okay, here's the next reflection. It's called The Empty Classroom. Dear Jesus, ha ha ha, (laughs) you are so funny. Your humor, my Lord, is not lost on me. Thank you for the laugh. Yours truly, Julia. Yes, isn't it quote unquote funny that on the day I'm preparing to email a group of my readers, my reflection titled An Audience of One. So what I'm referring to there would have been the blog I was sending out at that time, which back in 2015, like I'm doing this year in my blog, I was just sending reflections from my book that was about to go to print, right? So um, my my blogs, this would probably have been Um, yeah, anyway, 2015, I was sending out reflections from my book. Okay. So when I'm about to send a group of my readers, my reflection titled an audience of one, I show up to church to lead a new book study only to discover that no one else is coming. And this after I begged God to let me help him. Ha, it's a good thing I'm doing this for him and not just to hear myself talk, huh? I mean, if my intentions were self-centered, I'm sure I would feel defeated right now because by the world's definition, this looks like a complete failure. Oh, but I'm not worried. No, and I'm not mad that the work I did to prepare for this seems to all be in vain. I, you see, read to learn, and I write so that I can get a better understanding of what it is I'm learning. 
and of course, so that I don't forget. I did these things long before anyone knew I was doing them, and I will continue doing them even if no one ever reads a word I write or shows up to a talk I give. I, of course, am happy to share what it is I'm learning. Yes, I'm happy to let people, quote unquote, listen in on my prayer and study, but sharing my discoveries with others is not the reason I'm searching. And well, my response to this empty classroom tonight just proved that to me. So here I am, eager to serve the Lord, this moment of prayer, okay, here we go. The Lord wants to use me as an instrument to break down stony hearts. I'm ready, I'm prepared, I go out. I you know, spend my time preparing to be with this, this small group to like go th- start this new book study, and no one shows up. <laughs> I can still remember sitting in the the church that evening and as I, you know, the minutes ticked by past the start time and I'm realizing, oh, no one's coming to this, like laughing out loud that, oh, Jesus, you are really funny, right? Okay. Thanks for resetting me. Thanks for making sure that my why is in the right place, that I'm really doing this to to serve you and because I love you and not because I just want a room full of people following me, listening to what I have to say about how awesome you are, right? Okay. So then um, this, this reflection ends with the prayer, um, may tonight's failure, Lord, be a reminder to me that none of this is about me. May it be a reminder to me that you are the master of all of this and that you are the one who will make it all come together. Even if on the outside, it looks like a total loss, Lord, don't let me doubt what it is I'm doing for you. Instead, allow the work you're inspiring in me to bear great fruit. Yes, even if, like with this empty classroom, it looks like there's nothing to bear it in. I love you. I thank you. I praise you. So Isaiah chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 is where we're going to end today. A couple reflections from my first book, a thought from my daily devotion, a poem from St. John of the Cross, all centered around this theme of what's my why? Why am I doing this? My why is simple. I love him. My friends, I was a bit the biggest of all sinners. I you know in Saint I think in Saint Paul in the scriptures that says the Lord Jesus came to save sinners. Of these I am the foremost. My friends, I there is nothing I believe more than that statement about myself. I am the greatest of all sinners. And yet I fell on my knees, admitted my mistakes, made a return to the Lord, received his mercy, and let him heal me. And this didn't take a month or two months or a year. It took a decade plus. (laughs) But he did. He healed me. He restored me. He filled me with his love and his peace and his mercy. He continues to grow me. And now that I am so in love with him... And I realize he keeps giving me the resources to continue to do these things, right? He keeps making it so easy and so obvious that I can't tell him no, right? He keeps every time I'm like, I don't know, Lord, is this what you want me to do? And then I pray and then I discern and then he brings people into my life that can help and that can do all these amazing things. And I'm like, oh no, I actually have to do this. (laughs) So we take the next step and then I walk in through the next door and I can't tell you how many times along this journey I have thought, okay, now I've done it. Now look, the door closed and I and there's nothing else to do and I've done what he's asked me to do so I'm just going to pray and you know this whole life of prayer and penance and give myself to him in silence and contemplation and prayer and penance and that's what I'm going to do and look all Lord all the doors close and there's nothing else I can do and then guess what he sends a slew of people into my life that are so awesome and so wonderful who can help and all the resources and we pray and we discern and we say shoot guess what 
I can't tell him no again. We have to take the next step. And this has been the whole story of me publishing my first book, me uh, the, the foundation of the Journeys Revealed Ministries apostolate, um, the moving into the office, the helping other people share their stories and you know publish their books and share their stories as well. It's all been steps like that. Me thinking, okay, now we've come to the end of all of this. Lord, I've done what you've asked me to do. You see this? There's closed doors. I can't do anything else. And then as soon as I have that thought, a million more open and a million resources, and he provides everything I can need and then some and makes it so stinking easy because I'm so weak that if he didn't make it stinking easy, I wouldn't take the next step. And he says, now go. He stands at the door, this man, this God man who I love, who I'm desperately and foolishly in love with and says, follow me. How can I tell him no? It's not bravery. I'm just stupidly and foolishly in love. <laughs> so we continue, and that is how we continue. And again, I thank you for listening. This this episode, I kind of had that hunch in my heart. This isn't so much for you, I think, as much as I need to say this out loud. I need to remind myself of the why, because I have a feeling my life is about to get even more busy. And I don't mean that like I'm dreading it or, or like um, I have anxiety over it. I don't at all. Um, this is the reason for prayer. It's the birth of good works. I'm quoting St. Teresa of Jesus there, another one of my favorite saints. So we don't, we don't enter into these depths of prayer and love with the Lord just so we can delight in the Lord, right? The, while the rest of the world burns and not in a good way, right? We're here to serve others. And so I have a feeling that this has all been a preparation for my life to get even more busy. Um, and so again, I say that not with like, fear and anxiety just with that's the reality and since I kind of am sensing that life is probably going to get more busy I'm going to need to be constantly reminded of my why so that I don't get lost in the details of the noise and the externals and so this was for me so that I can go back and remind myself of the why when I need to and also for you that are listening so that you can continue to pray for me and also keep me accountable to this my why So if you ever see me swimming and getting lost in the details and getting consumed with what do I need to do next? What's the next project? We need to get this next thing done. You'll know if you if you know me and you hear me talk, you'll notice those things. So I'm giving you permission to keep me accountable to my why. When you see me running and getting lost in the details and the noise of my life, I want you to say, hey, remember that crazy podcast you posted where you bawled the whole time through it? Yeah, I listened to that. And you promised that we could keep you accountable. In fact, you asked us to do that. And so just remember your why. It seems like you're getting lost in the details. Remember why you're doing this. It's not to sell books. It's not to have a bunch of people following you. It's because you love him. So when you see me slip in, my friends, remind me of my why, please. And in your own life's a prayer, start asking the Lord that. What's my why? Why am I doing this? And if it's not because you're head over heels in love with him yet, that's okay. Just admit where you are and allow the Lord to continue to draw you where he wants you to be. Okay, I have said more than enough. Let's end with prayer. And um, like we began, we began with Isaiah chapter six. Let's go ahead and end with Galatians. Galatians chapter six, and I'm going to read verses one through 10. This will be our closing prayer for today. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, You who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, 
and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work, then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So, let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially those of the family of faith. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.